The following podcast you're about to listen to is brought to you by the Push Start Media Network, where everything you do in life begins with Push and Start. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. is going on everybody welcome back to another edition of syE quick hits I am your humble host Bryce Benjamin along with my guy Ed Reuter and today we are discussing the 2020 outlook for the Miami Dolphins Reuter first of all sir how are you I'm doing very well this morning it's a it's a great morning I'm feeling good I'm feeling ready we're discussing my favorite team today yes sir so I am I'm all about it I'm ready to go all right, awesome, man. So, yeah, man, this is Reuter's team right here. So, very interested in hearing how he feels about his Miami Dolphins. And Miami, 2019 season, got off to a rough start, to say the least. Um, first two weeks of the season, losing to Baltimore and New England by a combined score of, let's just say, y'all scored 10 points. Easy. And uh, those other two teams combined for over 100. Easy on us now. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> Not to mention another loss to the Dallas Cowboys, 31-6. The Chargers, 30-10. to was not a very good start for the Miami Dolphins, and uh, there's a lot of pundits saying that this may be the worst team in NFL history, beginning but, of the season. But then, okay. But then. Keep going. But then. We're going to continue going. on. Miami eventually caught a decent stride. Uh, pretty much in the second half of the season and um, ultimately finished 5-11 and 11 overall. But the main thing that we could take from this Miami Dolphins 2019 season is that they competed. They never quit on their coach. Brian Flores established a, a different culture for that Miami squad there. And you could tell that he's kind of bringing that New England type swagger down to South Beach there for them. And he's letting them know we may not need we may not have been the most talented team on the field in 2019, but we're gonna compete our asses off. And when you come down to Miami or when they come into your hometown, you're gonna get yourself a hell of a game. And that's sort of what happened throughout the rest of the season there for the uh, Miami Dolphins. And eventually they did finish off five and eleven, but on a high note there, they was able to knock off the Patriots in week 17 which ultimately forced the Patriots to play in the wild card round. And, um, I mean, we all seen what happened then. The Tennessee Titans actually just uh, kind of manhandled them throughout, throughout the whole game there. But that had to be kind of bittersweet for you there, Ed, huh? I love that. That wasn't bittersweet at all. Watching, <laughs> watching, watching Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill yeah. at the helm, by the way, kind of dismantle the Patriots after Miami put them in that position. There's there's nothing bittersweet there. It was like a fins up moment yes, the whole sir. time, you know. Uh, but yeah, you you know you mentioned Brian Flores, uh, you know, bringing that team to 5 and 7 down the stretch after the first four embarrassing losses, particularly after those four embarrassing losses was huge, you know. Uh, yeah. it, how easy would it have been 
you know, in other situations, you know, I remember New Bills acquisition, Stefan Diggs was mm-hmm. very upset after their start in Minnesota. Uh, you know, all kinds of dissension amongst the ranks. You see that every year that teams kind of quit on themselves. And I'll be, I'll be willing to tell you, after the, after the third and fourth game of the season, I thought, man, this team's really folded here. This team's tanking for Tua. That's what a lot of people were saying. But what makes me most excited for the future about this team is Brian Flores held that team together. He brought them back to five and seven, respectable down the stretch, and uh, gives me a lot of hope for the future that we put a roster around this coaching staff, and it's going to be a hell of a team there. Yeah, and uh, again, you guys have a lot to be hopeful for because you guys went into this 2020 offseason and absolutely killed it, in my opinion. First of all, in free agency, you guys landed one of the biggest fish in the pond, signing defensive back Byron Jones. Um, from the from the Dallas Cowboys to a nice five-year deal and made him the highest-paid cornerback. And then also was able to snatch away uh, Kyle Van Noy and also Eric Flowers, um, the guard. And then um, in the draft, you guys did an awesome job in the draft as well. Uh, first of all, tanking for Tua, they, you guys were projected to be have the number one pick, eventually won those five games and dropped down to five and still got the guy that majority of uh, experts were predicting that the Dolphins was tanking for. Um, not to mention, they also was able to draft the 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 cornerback. What's his name? Uh, we was practicing it. The the corner? Yeah, Noah. Ig Benogany. Ig Benogany. Ig Benogany. <laughs> it's fun. I, I suggest any listeners try saying it to yourself. <laughs> Along. <laughs> Say it with us. Ig, Ig Benogany. Boom. I think we nailed that. It's so fun. It is. That's pretty, it's tough. And then uh, also Austin Jackson, offensive tackle prospect out of USC. So three first round picks, uh, three solid first round picks. And then um, was it to kind of just establish a, a nice roster here that you could kind of build up from the ground. And, and we'll see what happens with this Miami Dolphins squad. So, Ruder, I pose a question for you, sir. Okay. All right. What are you looking more forward to most for this Miami Dolphins team? in 2020 looking forward to most um i would say what i'm looking forward to most is to see if they can have the repeat success that they had down the stretch Mm -hmm. and when i say success and five and seven some people might be thinking to themselves well the hell are we talking about there Mm -hmm. but what i'm talking about is is the growth of this team i think that van noy was an awesome addition Uh, that was a guy that played with flores back when he was on the new england staff so i think he's going to know the system Um, I'm a little bit nervous. I know you said it was a a big fish that we landed with Byron Jones. I think he's a great player. Should he be the highest paid player at his position in the league? I don't know about that. I'm always a little nervous about guys coming from the Cowboys because they they tend to get that Dallas Cowboys, America's team hype that, you know, very similar in baseball when a guy's coming from uh, the Boston Red Sox system or the New York Yankees system. that They're all hyped up and, you know, sometimes they don't quite perform uh, like you think they would. Uh, but I, I do like their draft a lot. Um, you know, <laughs> my family's a little bit of a house divided here. Quick shout out to Scott Ullery and Steve Stanley. Uh, they're two of the biggest Dolphins fans that I know. And I remember after the draft, we had hours of conversations and texts uh, about Tua in particular and whether or not uh, he's the guy. So I'm hoping, as crazy as it sounds, that Tua doesn't play this year i'm hoping that they let him rest up give him a year under fitz magic uh, 
if there's any kind of injury to, to Fitz Magic, we just let Josh Rosen take the helm. Okay, let it be one more year of rebuilding. Right? Don't don't force Tua in there. Don't force him in there before he's ready and possibly risk an injury. I've seen how that can go down. We saw when when RG3 played with the Redskins, forced out there a little bit too early, and forced out there while injured, and his career was never the same. So you got a first round pick. Let's protect him. Let's do the right thing. Uh, this roster, I think, still still one off season away. Great additions, ready to go. I could see this being an 8-8 eight and eight team this year, but I don't know, man. I, I don't feel as though they need to rush rush Tua back. So I guess to answer your question in full, the thing that I'm most excited about is just to see how this team develops in, in what I think is still a transition year. Yeah, I feel you there, man. Um, And I agree. I think the, the main question I have about this Dolphins team is can they continue to establish a winning culture in South Beach, Miami has been one of those teams over the past over the past what ten years or so, where you guys have been average to below average, and you kind of been stuck in that NFL purgatory where you're not bad enough to get one of the top prospects in the draft, and usually aiming for a quarterback, but then at the same time you weren't really good enough to be competing for perennial uh, playoff contentions. So finally, you guys kind of you know bottomed out. You finally got your 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 quarterback of the future, all right? And I agree with you. I think you should let him sit, let him learn from Ryan Fitzpatrick, one of the best incumbent backup quarterbacks we've ever seen. Um, and then on top of that, you guys drafted two rookie offensive linemen in Austin Jackson and then also Robert Hunt. And they projected to be very good players, but at the same time, you may not want to throw out a rookie quarterback with hip issues behind the offensive line that is still trying to gain some continuity with one another. You know what I'm saying? I think you're exactly right, because even if you look at the draft, as much as I did like it, this is, a, this is a team that I think drafted very intelligently, knowing that they're not ready to compete this year. Yeah. Okay, if you look at the draft, Tua Tungavaloa, at you know the fifth, fifth overall pick, uh, their first their first of their three first round picks is a guy who's coming in injured that they know isn't going to play right away. There's a perfectly logical reason that he should just sit the entire year, mm -hmm. one year away, let him play next year. Okay, you have Austin Jackson who, at, at offensive tackle from USC. He was widely considered one of the most talented with the highest ceiling, but he's a bit of a project there. That's why he was like the fourth or fifth offensive tackle to go. All right. Then you've got Noah Igbenogany. 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 It'll never, never stop being fun. But <laughs> he's going to. He's also a bit of a project. Again, incredibly high ceiling, but he might not be, you know, out of the gate, one of the top two or three corners in that draft class. So what they did was they drafted a bunch of high ceiling guys that aren't necessarily ready to go day one. And I think that fits the entire scheme of what they're looking to do. So if they grab some of the highest ceiling guys and they move on to be top caliber players in years to come, that's what this team is looking to do right now. It seems like Miami is also looking to establish more so of a, a defensive identity. And nowadays with all the spread offenses going around, you need a minimum three good cornerbacks. You probably have one of the top five cornerback tandems if the Byron Jones signing pans out between him, Xavier Howard, who's been a top five corner in the league for the last three or four years, and then also with the draft pick of Ibnagani. 
So you have your your corners, your cornerback set there. Um, you go ahead and like you said, you sign Kyle Van Noy, who's been one of the most underrated players on defense for the New England Patriots for the last few seasons. And he kind of comes in and, and and stabilizes part of that front seven there for you guys. Um, so it's looking like that. Brian Flores wants to have sort of what Bill Belichick does in New England because, you know, New England usually has an elite defense and usually starts with their secondary there. And then, yeah, like you said, man, you drafted for the future. You got your star quarterback who I believe, in my my personal opinion, was the best quarterback prospect in this draft, including over Joe Burrow, who went number one overall. So you got your quarterback. You got your future left tackle. You have Robert Hunt who could play guard or tackle. We'll see what happens there. Not only that, you guys was able to resign, uh, excuse me, extend Devontae Parker to a nice extension who had a decent season last year and it's looking like he's trending upwards. So I like what this Dolphins team is doing. Uh, this is one of those teams that I do secretly root for. And it's, it's for me, it's, it's kind of personal reasons because you got yourself a black GM along with a black head coach. And I love seeing shit like that. Like you don't see that too often in sports. So I kind of hope Miami can definitely keep this train rolling upwards and then eventually become uh, content, uh, uh, perennial contenders for that AFC East crown. There you go. I like all of that, man. That was great. I'm, I'm just no secret fan of the Miami Dolphins. I am an out there in the streets waving, yes, waving the banner As you fan of the Miami Dolphins. Um, other couple pieces to touch on real quick that, that um, we didn't cover yet. Uh, there's also the addition of Shaq Lawson that I liked a lot, the former Bill. I think he's a piece. You, you rotate him in on defense, uh, and he, he could be a nice little piece. Um, also, it appears as though the Miami Dolphins are trying to corner the market on Raekwons because they already have Raekwon McMillan, who is a pretty solid player at linebacker for them. And they also drafted a tackle, Raekwon Davis, who I think is is going to be pretty solid. Uh, he's out of Alabama. He played in a tough conference. Uh, he's, he's a run stuffer. And I think that the Dolphins can definitely use use him. Rumor and has it that they also have signed uh, Raekwon the rapper to be their music coordinator for game day. That sounds right because they they want all the Raekwons. And then that last part is completely false. I just made that up. It's not, you, you had me a believer. <laughs> you had me a believer because we are not content. We will not rest until we have all the Raekwons. All the Raekwons. We need all the Raekwons. Brian Flores, how many Raekwons do you want? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the strategy so far. But uh, either way, uh, you know, great pieces there. And um, I don't know, just some, just some excitement for the first. This is the first time I'm looking at a Dolphins team, I'd say, in the last 10 years. You know, I, I like the kid a lot, Ryan Tannehill. But that whole era, we were, we were kind of a mess, exactly like you said. You said it perfectly. We were in that purgatory, 7-9 and nine every year. You know, middle of the first round draft pick, not helping us out at all. Uh, this is the first time I've got some some real excitement. A coach that I really believe in, uh, a roster that seems like it's a year away, but that year away for the first time seems legit and it seems real. Yeah, it's palpable and like we're we're right on the cusp of something really good here. So, yeah, man. Uh, so I'm excited. That's what I, that's the main thing I took from this team this off season. They gave Dolphins fans something to be hopeful for, and. I'm gonna be honest. It looks pretty good. It's like it's a it's a good time right now to be a Dolphins fan. You have something to look for in the future, and um, if everything pans out, I think you guys can definitely be eventually be uh, wearing the crowns of the AFC East. There. Yeah, man. I mean, if you told me that in in <laughs> after about five weeks into the season last year mm-hmm. that I'd be sitting here talking to you in mid June in the off season saying that 
I'm so hopeful and so excited for the Dolphins. So uh, excited! Exactly. I, I don't know if I would ever use that tone, but pretty close. I just, I, I'm filled with emotion right now about this team. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go, but I would have never suspected that. Coming out 0-4, full tank mode, one of the worst rosters on paper in the NFL. All of a sudden, uh, they're almost there, man. They're, they're a year away. Yes, sir. So, so what do you think for, for their record this year? Uh, real quick before that also another thing to keep an eye on is uh on offense you guys changed coordinators and brought in chan gailey out of retirement so okay. it got to be kind of interesting to see what type of offense he established uh for that miami's dolphins team and how he'll be able to help Tua progress forward in becoming a full-time starter well to that end too you know they brought in jordan howard i'm not sure that we talked about him they, they might not be trying and to, matt Breida. yep and so they might be trying to establish the run a little bit more you know probably a sound strategy if you're not trying to lean on the uh 39 year old ryan fitzpatrick too heavily yeah but um yeah no i think he's going to establish the run that's what he did in buffalo mm-hmm. uh, and uh, i would have to think that it's going to be more of the same here so record wise yes sir. um you Let's go hear it. you so you take a look at this miami's dolphins uh schedule uh this, this upcoming season and obviously you're playing that you're playing the afc patriots twice a year bills jets uh patriots they're not as mighty as they used to be with with all their losses this this upcoming season um you guys also will be playing the the nfc west and then also the what other division i'm not well, the NFC West and I believe the AFC South. Yes, it's the South. Yeah, yeah. AFC right. South. So, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'll, if I had to give a, a prediction right now, I think the low end would be about six and ten, and I think the high end, if everything progresses well, I can see this team topping out at about nine and seven, and potentially trying to compete for that last wild card spot, maybe the sixth or seventh seed now. So, um. I would say on average, I'll give the Dolphins seven wins. I would go seven and nine officially for uh, for your 2020 season. I said it before that the AFC East schedule. Uh, Sorry, you're playing the AFC West and then also the NFC West. Okay. Okay, cool. So both Wests. Um, well, I know that the... A lot of traveling. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be they're gonna be on the road a lot. Um, but, but looking at it, it's a very tough schedule. Obviously, up and down the AFC is no secret. It's super tough. Um, so... I would have to say, even when I was talking about the Bills prediction, a team that I think is going to win the division, I put them at 10 wins. Yeah. So I think the Dolphins are going to win what will end up being for for this division, for this schedule, a very respectable seven wins. Yeah. Uh, I think if they can go, you know, five and seven uh, down the stretch last year, uh, finishing ultimately five and 11, that this is this is still a roster that's not all the way there as excited as I am. So I'm, I'm thinking they're a seven and nine team this year. And uh, there's... There won't be much wrong with that. They're going to be in games. Yes. Of course, a lot of times they were blown out last year. They're going to be in these games. But I, I think when it comes down to it, they're going to be a little bit little bit short a few times. So so 7-9 and nine this year. But next year, look out. I can't wait for the 2021 preview. There it is, man. Shout out to Miami's Nation. And uh, that is it, guys. We're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for listening. And that was the 2020 season preview for the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Fins up.